Welcome to the Pandora Podcast, where fellowship-trained pain specialists Dr. Melissa Cady and Dr. Kevin Cucaro reveal the secrets of pain care, including harmful practices, healthy tips, and the hope found through the science of pain. Please note, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute a physician-patient relationship. Please discuss your medical issues with your personal health professional. For more information and free resources, visit Pandora.com. Now on to the show. Hey, folks. This is Dr. Kukaro with Pandora Podcast here with my co-host, Dr. Melissa Katie, the Challenge Doctor. Um, and we are here today to, uh, I don't know, what do we do? We <laughs> we're going to talk about what is better. What we're is- going to talk about better. How's that for a topic? We're better. We're better. <laughs> but it is a very important topic and, um, and is particularly relevant for your health in general, kind of actually relevant to anything. And I was thinking about this because we were going to do this earlier today and had some problems on my end. Um, but so much of that word better, it is, well, I should say in, that in, that word better is entirely dependent on what your definition of better is and how often do we actually write that down or codify um, what that means? And I, and I will tell you from a health standpoint, particularly if you're going around and you're seeking people to help you get, quote unquote get better, you better know what your definition definition is personally. Uh, and you should see whether that aligns with the definition of the person that you are working with. Um, because as we're going to get into uh, healthcare clinicians, for sure, um, just like people in general, we all have different definitions of better. And I can, I can guarantee you if your definitions don't line up, there's some bad things that can occur. So yeah. that was a long intro. No, that's, I, I think uh, maybe I should even elaborate on um, like some examples of how we can describe what we mean by better in all these various ways. Like for people that are, you know, maybe have a chronic illness and they think they're better. Uh, what are they basing that on? Um, is it how they feel? Is it the numbers? You know, sometimes symptoms don't always reflect the state of their chronic illness. Uh, it could be something like pain. What, what's better to you? Um, and then we could probably dive into a little bit deeper. Maybe we'll take it into another podcast. We'll see how long um, I want to go with this first question. But in general, there's usually some clinician involved and then there's a patient or a client and the client or patient is going to that clinician to either just get checked out, make sure everything's good with their overall health or specific things that need to be addressed. And both sides need to have some level of common ground to understand, is this something, what is the definition of better? And what's your understanding of the issue probably would be helpful. But pain is such a common reason for people to go see a clinician um, and most time you won't go see someone unless you have pain which is subjective to start off with <laughs> so that might be the first thing that we could say as an example if if for for say i go in and i get checked because i'm having some back pain if it's just the pain i want to go away that's one thing but if it's keeping me from doing something I want to do based on my understanding of that pain, that could be another form of measuring, um, you know, what is better. Could you still have, be able to go do those things? Like I want to go play golf. I don't play golf, but you know, if I wanted to go play golf 
and I had a little bit of pain here or there, but I still could play golf, then I might be perfectly happy with that result versus someone who can't do anything because of pain itself, regardless of golf or not. So any thoughts about that? Um, well, I always have thoughts on something. <laughs> I know. That's why all I have to do is say, do you have any thoughts? And <laughs> I know I have an answer. <laughs> well, well, it, it, because it, there's, there's so pl many places to go. Right. So, um, because when we're, we're talking about from a clinical standpoint, what are, what are you, what are you quote unquote treating? And so, you know, what is it that we're trying to get better? And for me, I have this thing called categorical awareness. And I'm like always trying to emphasize if you're a clinician, you need to be thinking of people and their problems that they're coming in presenting with is different categories. So what are in the object or thing categories? What are in what we would call like process categories and what are in the experiential categories? Because you treat each of those categories differently. So an example of that would be a broken bone. So a broken bone is a thing, right? And that's pretty objective. You know it's broken or it's not. Um, and the process category could be either swelling, infection, or even nerves going up from the leg up to the brain, right? So they're going to and from. And then the last category, that experiential is where things get tricky, the experience itself. And so that's where you put in pain. And um, what that means as a clinician is if you have come, someone coming in with a broken leg, then you have to be thinking again on these three different tiers. And so am I going to help the leg that is broken get better? In that situation, you may, you know, maybe you're going to put on a cast. Maybe it's a really bad one. They need to see an orthopedic surgeon and, and get rods taken in. Then on the process standpoint, well, if it has significant swelling, are we going to do something to address the swelling? Or if there's an infectious process, are we going to prescribe an antibiotic to stop that process or to aid a healing process? Uh, and then the last one for pain is, can you realistically, you know, is there, is there enough contribution from the broken bone that addressing the broken bone is going to have a significant impact on that experience? In addition to that, though, what else can we do to help this person feel safe? Right. So what else, where, you know, where can we direct their attention? How can we frame positive expectations? How can we help them feel um, uh, uh, confident that they will get better from their leg standpoint? And so you're trying to think on these three, three levels. Um, the, the better issue for, for me, though, is if you don't know, you know, being able to define what better is for all those categories, thing categories are really easy because people can say, if a bone is broken, then better or not better is, is the bone healed and now it's together? Or is it not healed? In which case it's still kind of loose and doing this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Process is very similar. It's either there or it isn't or, it, or how, you know, how much infection, how much infection and inflammation is going, is taking place or whether that is improved or that's lower. That's pretty objective data. But in that thing or that experiential category of which we'll put in pain, with all these inputs that are involved and how that's constructed, that becomes different. Because like you were saying, if pain, which is an experience, is the primary reason somebody's in your office and it is back pain. And because of, uh, you know, pain is, is sort of a, an indicator, it's, it's getting your attention, it's saying, hey, we're, it's trying to protect you from something. So you're going in to ascertain what the threat is and if you're thinking it has something structurally in the back, right? You're here, something occurring to you, 
you want that addressed. Some people simply knowing that their back is stable, that nothing's broken, they don't have an infection in the spine, there's no cancerous process in there. And, and other, you know, out, you know, when we eliminate those big picture things, there are a host of other inputs that can be involved. But when we take those away it, and we move away from that thing category and really from the process category, you're pretty much from a structural standpoint, pretty safe. A lot of people, that's all they need, right? So a definition for them for better is, hey, am I safe to move to go play golf? And once they have that, whether or not they experience pain later on, they may be comfortable, you know, quote unquote, working through it or being aware that it's there, but they will know inherently that their body is safe. The other threats they may not be addressing. That's a whole different, you know, category, whether the other stressors that are involved in the sleep and the, all that stuff. Um, but for them, better was, can I get back to going to play golf or going back to play a sport? What do I do? Uh, the, the big problem situations are always when we're, when the primary problem that is quote unquote needs to get better is in an experiential category, then we need to make sure that we're in agreement on what are those criteria that we can use to judge that. So, uh, you know, from a, from a pain standpoint, like for me, when, um, you know, I would see somebody in, in definition for, B as, for me better is, hey, do we have, is there a specific problem that we are working with them? Is there a structural problem? Is there a process problem? Or is there something else that we can address to help them to get back to living their life again so that they can get better, better being back to living with their family, back to working, uh, doing what they want to do, back to um, seeing their friends and family, not more and more healthcare providers. That is better, right? So they're trying to get them out of the healthcare system. But I know because I talk to them, there are clinicians whose only definition of better is whatever. If the patient says, hey, I feel quote unquote better, but they're still on a bunch of medications, they're getting injections every month or two months, um, they're seeing more and more healthcare providers. Is that really better? And, and, and for that clinical standpoint, sure, maybe it is because all they're taking is better means if the patient says the word. Mm -hmm. But I would say from, a, from if you're really trying to make a profound difference in healthcare, and certainly if it's your own health, better needs to be more than a word. It, right. mean, it, I mean, it has some, some outcomes associated with that are, that are important to you, that are meaningful to you. Right. Right. And I think that, um, I think it would be right now would be a perfect time to dive into this idea of outcomes that tend to be disconnected from many patients. Um, unfortunately, and I'll give an example, sometimes when they're, they seem to be aligned, but then they're really still not serving the patient. So as an example, there can be some patients that get back fusions and the surgeon will show the x-ray afterwards to the patient and say it's, it was a perfect you know, fusion and everything looks healed and everything looks like it's in alignment, no screws are loose, everything looks great yet the patient still has pain. And so to the surgeon, <laughs> they had a very successful outcome and they're better based on this imaging and very structural mechanical look that evidently and obviously did not, they're not better. Um, and this, when it comes to the fact that the patient only showed up at their doorstep because they had pain, not because they suddenly realized that their structure is off and needs a fusion. Um, so I think, unfortunately, you see some of those patients, I'm sure you've seen them too, where they'll say that the surgery went great, 
and they did a really good job <laughs> and yet they're still hurting and they're on like the third surgery and it it baffles my mind on how when it wasn't even like a overtly obvious trauma where you know their spines on one side of their their body versus the other um and they've been made to believe that their spine is is weak and um incapable of handling itself even though it's incredibly strong um and they go and get a fusion and so i think it's really um like i think a strong example that happens a lot where patients will will believe to a certain extent that things were successful but really deep down these patients needs and what they desire to get back into life to provide for the families to work to have less pain, um, those things aren't being met. And there's a lot of frustration that goes on within this uh, medical system because they're not aligned with the uh, outcomes. With If the surgeon is strictly focused on just surgical uh, look of his fusion or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch there, though. I mean, it starts with a fundamental misunderstanding, which mm -hmm. is widespread, and we've talked about that, of pain. Right, that the the idea that structure equals pain, which it doesn't and never does, uh, whether you know you just broke your leg, you have forty years of back pain, um, but it brings into the the this danger of um, when when you're kind of thinking about in this experiential category, which is what pain is in. This kind of multiple multiple different inputs inputs that people think of, and a lot of inputs that most people aren't thinking of. Uh, if you're, you can't treat that or like, I guess the easy way to say is you never do surgery for pain. Surgery is not a treatment of pain. And you can quote me on that. Or if someone's going, well, you're crazy. Surgery is a treatment or an input into that construction of pain. And so the problem with, with back surgeries, when the only indication for the surgery itself is pain, is now we're misaligning our categories here. Yeah, and so now in situations where we can go and do surgery, we can actually make things worse. And, and what I mean by that is if you, have, if you have back pain without instability, without an infection, without a cancerous process, then we've basically taken that structural category out of the picture. So doing treatments that target that structural category doesn't make sense for that experiential category because it's not an important input. It's not an important uh, contributor to that process anymore. And, I, and, and that's, that really becomes the problem because um, people say, well, that doesn't make any sense because if I broke my leg, then obviously if you stabilize that leg, it fixes my pain. And, but it, it doesn't do that directly. It doesn't stop the flow of pain plus. What you're basically doing is you break your leg, we stop, you know, pull that bone together, we make it so that the, you know, the ends aren't rubbing, that we decrease nociceptive input. So really stabilizing that leg stops a flow of information to the brain, which then takes away part of that contribution to pain. Um, and allows your body to heal on its and, own. Not and allows your body to heal. But, but a lot of times what I've, I've found is if you, people don't quite get those examples, but then we, we can invert it. Let's switch it around and this will make a little bit more sense. When we're trying to, to kind of separate these categories of what we're defining better in is if you have a broken leg, but now you are not experiencing pain, 
would you say it's okay to leave that bone alone? And in some situations, maybe if it's a, you know, it's a, 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 a hairline fracture and everything's fine, might be okay. But if you have a displaced fracture in the bone, in the legs like this, and you can't even stand on it, but you're not experiencing any pain, I can guarantee you it makes no sense to not to treat that leg. So, you know, it's not, it's not that we're saying, so is it, you're, you're trying to separate out these categories saying, okay, is there a broken bone and pain? Well, then let's address the broken bone and the pain because there's multiple other ways that you can be targeting that pain other than casting the bone. But if you have pain, but you don't have a broken bone, don't chop the leg off. That makes absolutely no sense, even if it's leg pain. But when it comes to backs, we do that because in, here we're saying, well, there's back pain, but there's really nothing wrong with the back other than some wrinkles in some most scenarios. So let's fuse those wrinkles and then hope that the pain gets better. Yeah. And they won't cut out the back because, you know, there's some major organs in that region. <laughs> I'm sure they would try though. You know, it's like, oh. uh, uh, I mean, it's like people would have, would have severe leg or arm pain and we have it amputated people's arms or legs because of pain and um as we know that doesn't work really well so no it, it's it's so i know it, it, this we're, we're talking about some kind of deeper concepts but it's become so important to be able to understand the difference between a broken bone and say nerve information or inflammation and say pain and that they're all three different categories there and how you ultimately address any of them um, is unique. Um, yeah. So don't be chopping off people's legs if they have leg pain, if there's no, you know, no reason to do it. That makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, there's, there's, there's other, you know, like we talked about cancers and melanomas, things that, you know, there might be a reason for some, some type of intervention, but in general, again, we, huh? whether or, and, I said, and again, whether or not there would be pain, if you have maybe discriminating melanomas, <laughs> you're going to want to do something about it. It's like, no, I feel fine. Well, let me tell you that's that cancer is spreading throughout your body. You probably need to do something about it. Yeah. You know, whether or not there's pain. Right. Yeah. That's, it's the uh, complexity of the multiple inputs to create pain and all the construction that you speak of. And um, it's not a, a linear, simple process uh, when it comes to pain. And so people have to really step back and see the big picture. And, and granted, there's a lot of people that might be listening that um, are on the front end of trying to understand the neuroscience of pain. And um, it's really hard to just, you know, just throw it out there and to get the first time. Sometimes it, it takes a while to, to process this different kind of thinking, especially when the belief systems that have been ingrained within us from throughout our life and or the medical system itself. So that, that can make it even more challenging. But, you know, I think the question to go back to our original question is what is better for you, quote unquote, better? What is it that you find you would base your, your determination as to whether or not you feel better or whatever it might be. It might be something uh, not, not necessarily pain, but, perhaps maybe you carry extra weight and, and what's better for you. Like there, you have a certain set mindset of what goal will be, it seems achievable. It may not seem achievable at first. It might take time to get there, but 
set the goal. What is that goal? So your target is, is absolutely pristinely um, clear. And the person that's trying to help you, that needs to be communicated with that clinician so that you're on the same page. Because unfortunately, sometimes clinicians' ideas of what is better um, or successful may be completely different than what you think it might be. So I think addressing those goals and, and desires as to what will be better or successful in your eyes is incredibly important. Well, I, and I, I completely agree. And I, I think what would be important is you do this thing with like a pen, right? Where um, write it down. Yeah. You know, what is better? And, and the more detail that you spend writing that out, particularly if it's important to you, that's the other thing. If, if, this is, if this is an important issue to you, then spend a couple minutes and actually define what it is that you want to see. And, 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 you know, it's frustrating because people say, I just want the pain going away. Well, what, okay, let's imagine that the pain's gone away. What will you be doing? How would your life change? What would a normal day look like for you? How would you respond with your family? What is your work life going to be? You know, and all those other issues. And, here, and the other part about that is what we sometimes may see is that when we kind of just stop, pull off the pain and put it here for now, let's say, hey, let's not think about it. Let's just pretend that the pain is gone. What else in your life would need to change for you to, to feel safe, to feel comfortable, to, um, to, to feel whole? We may start actually pulling up a lot of important variables that are actually impacting that pain. That if we're only focused or being or in, in not seeing it because that pain in some ways is actually protecting you from seeing those other stressors, uh, you're ultimately not going to be moving towards that place that you want to be. So take a couple minutes to define what better is for you and define what it looks like, what it feels like, what you think about it, uh, what others, what you think others would observe in you. Um, and then once you have that, that's a place that we can start moving for or, yeah. or working for. And, they're, and realistically, they're going to find that there's many different areas that we can work on to kind of improve that, all those different inputs. Um, takes a little bit more time from a clinical standpoint, it may not be the person, you know, with the needle that's going to do it for you. Um, but I, I can, I can pretty much guarantee that if, if you have a good idea of where you want to go, it makes it a lot easier for you to get there. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I was trying to refrain from making this analogy, <laughs> but in light of the pandemic, I have to say that there's a very, there is definitely an example of striking differences in what, the goals or outcomes that are wanting to be achieved. I mean, you can see just that as a playing example of many people are wanting to get back to their lives and get back to um, whether it's work, whether it's financial or, or just living their lives and socializing or whatever it might be. But other people's goals are to, despite that sacrifice, that the ultimate goal is trying to minimize the number of people that are going to be exposed in one short period of time so that our medical system can manage it. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you want to go there at all, but I just thought it's, it's interesting. This is playing out right before our eyes that everyone's goals seem to be different. And so it makes it hard for people to come to an agreement. As it, it's, I think it's, well, you can briefly go in there. I don't, that's a whole, yeah, I don't have <laughs> to be there very long, but I mean, it, what, what it is, 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 well, what I think that there's a level of awareness is lacking on a lot of this, what, whatever side that you're looking at. 
is yeah. people to define what it is that they want. And then the other thing is this cost is associated with it. Um, I, I guarantee you that a lot of the people who are running around saying, you know, open up or whatever, because they, I, I think there's a level of awareness that may not be there. Right. Mm-hmm. So touching on belief system is, do they actually believe that there's a pandemic or not? Yeah. Do they, they believe that this is dangerous or not, you know? Um, so, so actually that's very relevant to pain is, is if you have, if you have to, if you're wondering why people behave the way that they, that they do, one of the best things you can do is take two or three steps back and start asking them what it is that they believe. Yep. And once we have those, we can start verbalizing those beliefs. Um, then we can, then people's actions make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great place to, to end on in light of, of what it is that you feel, um, is the definition of you being better and whatever you're trying to achieve in your health or what do you conceive as successful? Cause it is all comes right back around to what your beliefs are. Um, and we all are very unique and, and as individuals. So, um, I'd say that we, we can probably expand on this at some point in the future, but, uh, um, any, any last words or, uh, you want me to sign us off? I think you can sign us off. I, I'm right. looking forward to talking about beliefs and belief systems because I that's I love talking about beliefs. I you love belief systems. I do. They're they're amazing. <laughs> it's it's one of the most fascinating subjects. Is right up there with pain, probably because they're so entwined. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Well, as for the Pain Dora podcast, thank you from Dr. Kevin and myself, Dr. Melissa Cady, uh, the Challenge Doctor. Uh, we look forward to bringing you some other episodes. And again, uh, stay well, as Dr. Kevin always says. And uh, I always say to less pain and more joy. And uh, we'll see you on the next round. Thank you for joining us today on the Pain Dora podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know through a five-star rating on iTunes or your current podcast listening service. And be sure to check out the information and resources available at Pandora.com.